There is a perfect example of motherhood out there. We've all felt its presence. It lingers in our social media feed, in the products we buy, the answers to the questions we research. Even though we know it's not real, we feel it spotlight what we could be doing better. Join two best friends as they step off the stage of motherhood and go behind the scenes with moms from different walks of life. The Mom Cult Podcast. Real moms, real talk, real tired. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this is so crazy. I've been hearing your voice for so long and I had no idea what you looked like. Your hair. (laughs) Oh, you don't look any, I don't know what I thought. I don't think I really visualize things, but you're surprising to me and I'm so happy to be meeting you. Did Joy tell you that I thought you worked at Honest Roasters? I don't remember what you said in what episode. And I was like, does she live in Franklin and does she work at Honest Roasters? Because I go there and I like that place and I'm going to introduce myself to her. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do is to guess what people look like. And I'm always so, so wrong. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah. I really like to know what you thought that I look like. I'm also just, by the way, going to be like trying to figure out. She's if making we can sure our audio is good on our speaker. side. Here goes nothing. <laughs> um. Oh, one sec. Sorry. Last, last thing. But I mean, not, you don't have to pause. You can keep, you can keep it going. What? I'm so sorry about this, y'all. I'm sure it'd be so much easier if I was there with you. It's good practice for us always. We're just, I I don't, I I just instantly feel safe with you. So I'm, (laughs) I'm using this to practice. Sorry. Great. Uh, (laughs) Okay. That's what's working. All right. You know what? It's working. We're fine. Hi. How are you? Joy, how are you? I'm good. I guess yeah. I can, I can start my, I'll do my check-in first. I've got, I haven't been able to feel my thumb for like a week. It's like, it's fallen asleep and I've got this shoulder, neck, something, something's happening. I don't know what we spent the whole week trying to figure it out. I've gotten massages. I've been to the chiropractor mm. three times. Uh, I have no idea, but I'm just, I'm over it. The pain level isn't crazy high, so it's fine. But as far as mom-related things, just being like, oh, it's hard to pick her up out of her crib. It's hard to pick her up, put her on the changing table, picking her up and getting her out of the bath. And I've had help all week because family's been at the house. It's not even a major thing. It's a minor thing, but for my daily life, just is not functional. And so I'm just ready for it to go away so that I can get back to normalcy. I was trying to figure out how to do check-ins because we're going to be talking about Christmas, I'm sure. So yeah. I think just the listeners are going to have to just deal with the, the reality of yeah. podcast recording, they which is, uh, yeah. it is currently- no. We don't have to trick them. Yeah. It's currently December 29th and you guys won't hear this episode until like February. <laughs> oh man. That's awful though. So, but you've, um, pinched nerve stuff and numbness is, I think like some of the worst stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah. We just assumed pinched nerve at first, but other than that, Christmas was great. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) good news. Good news. Have you heard the good news? Uh, How was your Christmas or uh, your week? It doesn't even have to be about Christmas. It was good. I've done pretty well preparing a check-in the last few times and now I'm going, oh shit. Um, (laughs) Christmas was good. You said this is a Lego Christmas, the Lego year? I didn't say that. Eric said that. He did get a lot of Legos. They're small though. And I'm going, is he really ready for those? But actually he likes them. It's mostly us putting together Legos. 
Yeah. Oh, Santa. He's like pretty into Santa, really into the North Pole. Oh, this is funny. He's really into the North Pole. (laughs) Really into the whole concept and getting really specific. But yesterday he said, eggs come from chickens. Chickens come from cows. Santa comes from cows and they pass the eggs around. And I was like, okay. So I started correcting him finally. He's been saying that for like a week and I've been like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And I'm like, actually, no. When do we draw the line? (laughs) Really? (laughs) What are you talking about? But he, in the last two days, I don't know what's happened. We went to a friend's house for dinner and then he's done like a gymnastics camp yesterday and something has clicked and he's like understanding logic more Mm -hmm. all of a sudden in like the last two days. And I don't know what is, I mean, it's awesome. I sound like it's a bad thing. It's just like, it, it feels easier that feels deceptive. Right. I'm like, don't mm, trust, don't trust. It. What's what what weird thing is gonna <laughs> start being really pass. hard? Because yeah. this is you're re- acting way too, you know, manageable. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's three. Yeah, he's three. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. But that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, stressful Christmas to stuff, but also great and it's you know, it's fun, fun, fun age. How have you been? I, I am I'm good. I am, yeah, it's been a good, it was a good holiday. I've tried ever since the divorce to keep my Dutton's dad, um, to keep holidays with us together. I mean, I, in some ways it's selfish because otherwise I either wake up on Christmas morning with no one at my house, or I have to lose my son at two. Right. Either, either sucks, either option. There, it's awful. And we did that the very first Christmas after the divorce, Denton left. And so it's just me and my dad. And I was, I just wept. I mean, it was Ugh. awful. And so I have been like, I, I've made a conscious effort to, to kind of create a tradition where his dad comes over on Christmas Eve. We do a big Christmas Eve dinner and he spends the night and wakes up here on Christmas morning. And so it's always here. And so that part feels good. And they actually stay on Christmas night, because it would have been his, this would, this was a year where he would have gone with his dad on Christmas day. And so they stayed Christmas night and we did shopping, you know, the day after. And so it was, it was really, it was a good holiday this year. And sometimes, well, anytime we're together, things can get a little, um, I mean, it's why we got divorced. I didn't want all of that anger and tension arguing that was that happens and it was happening in our relationship in front of Denton but we did really great this year so it was it was really positive I was just talking to my sister-in-law she's in town and she came from divorced parents and she was just saying it's awful she's like to this day they can't we don't do anything together they're never in the same room together and she just was talking about how that still affects her mm. so I love that you're that you're doing yeah. that. I get a lot of, um, I don't know, kind of negative feedback from people about really? it. Because, well, you no, know, there are some people that understand what you just said, which is we're doing this for the child. But some people are like, you're divorced for a reason. You, there's no, you know, you don't boundaries. need boundaries. That's it. People think I should have better boundaries. Mm. Um, um but, and I, and I'm like, well, y'all, you know, you just don't understand. You don't understand what I'm trying to do for my child. And I mean, it's all, it's all true, right? I do need to have better boundaries. I also, 
the thing I'm creating, I, I, even if I had better boundaries, I would still want to create it this way. Right. The only thing I worry about is that, that Denton is harboring somewhere in his head because of all of these things that I do to keep the family sort of together that we might get back together. Right. You don't want him to have that hope, that secret hope. Yeah. Cause I think pretty much every divorced every child of divorced parents wants their parents to get back together. I don't know that my parents are, were never divorced, so I, but this is what I've heard. And so I, I try to tell them all not, not overly frequently, but frequently enough, like, you know, we're that's never happening. And and sometimes if there's sometimes if there is some anger, some, some stuff blows up, I'll be like, that is why. Right. That will like, happen all the time. <laughs> right. That's what I'm protecting you from and me from. And I, so I just want you to be clear Cause he's, he's in a, he's still in a, like my dad's the greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, anyway, all of, all of yeah. these things, are the things that I think about. Yeah. Um, yeah so the I, was great. That was great. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so I got really involved in the, in the, like everything that you were saying and I missed did. So you're saying you guys spend the actual holiday all together. Right. Yes. Okay. Great. Okay. Um, we, yeah, we do that for Thanksgiving and Denton's birthday and Christmas and Easter. That I think. All right. I, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I am. My parents got divorced like two years ago, and I'm like super messed up from <gasps> it. I knew it was going to happen. I'm so sorry. First alarm. I knew it. Okay. Gone off. off every tent. Anyway. Um, Everybody, take a shot. I. <laughs> I turn off these that's, alarms because they're like scary. repeat alarms. And then I forget where they are. And then I don't have the alarm when I need it. Like 4,000. You can't keep that's that. That's a drinking game for your podcast, but nobody gets to drink that often because you edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting. There's no way to, there's so many. Um, I think him, if he does think that you guys are getting back together, that would be the lesser of two evils. It, in that you're reiterating, like, that's not going to happen. That gives him the predictability of that. You're handling it from what I've heard. It is exactly as I would have wanted that to be handled if I was that age. So for what it's worth, kudos. I think yeah, I mean it. it. That's great. Yeah. I have a, a good friend that's um my, my son's best friend's mom, and she just got her degree in some sort of counseling therapy. And she's also said that what you're doing is, and I'm like, well, she's a therapist. So yeah. 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 But that's it's tough. I mean, most of my friends that are divorced, I don't have that many have very acrimonious relationships with their exes. And I do too, sometimes, sometimes, but yeah, but they're, but they're like, they drop the child off. They don't get out of the car. The child walks. Right. No, no communication between the two. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I know I'm 36, but in my mind, I'm like, you know, 11 or 12 and, um, and, and my parents are kind to each other and it's better for me that they're kind. And like they are, they can be in the same room and they like hang and whatever. That's, I appreciate that. It's still hard, but it's like, it's going to be hard. Right. So what's the least hard? This is the least hard. This is maybe an inappropriate question, Sarah, for you, but I'm such a fan of this podcast. So I think I've listened to every episode. That's love that. Yeah. The only one. Well, and I've been campaigning the entire time to be a guest on this show. And Joy has been denying me. I'm like, I'm the perfect person for your show. She's I'm a such parent. a bitch. I'm a parent. I own. She is such a bitch. I'm a parent. <laughs> I own an, a business. I'm a single parent. Like I've got all the like bona fides. 
Second season, Joy. Second season. Second oh season, God. best season. I think that we should all just live in the present moment. <laughs> we live in I the now. Think. We're going to live in the now. But, but Sarah, what I wanted to ask you, since you mentioned your parents and the divorce, mm-hmm. like you have said on the show before that you had a childhood where you didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. If I have that right. Like, yeah. And so yeah. I was just wondering, as you were talking about your parents getting divorced, Whatever issues caused the divorce, is that part of the package that created those kinds of feelings for you when you were a child? Sort of, but um, it's, I think I can nutshell it. I think I have done maybe, maybe enough therapy to nutshell it, which is, I mean, that they were maybe two hands off. And my sister, who's 11 years older than me, did a lot of the like, I mean, I just, I'm a person who maybe needed more parenting, more specific, like do your homework. How are you feeling? Check, you know, checking in, talking, talking, talking. I, I, maybe that would have been nice for me and that's just not who they are. So it's actually not really, it's not some crazy thing. There are a couple of, you know, things, some drama with them, but it was very loving, you know, but, uh, I'd say those were the core things. Yeah. Well, Sarah, that's interesting because you talk about it, you, you talk about it and you never really have gotten specific. And I'm always like, what is it? What, what um, happened to her? I'll, yeah, I, I'll, I'll think through, I, I, I'll think through, um, I'll think through how to like nutshell it properly, but basically it's, you know, they're just generally F, F, F me up like normal people do, you know, standard. I don't know but, if it's standard, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to read your bio, Caroline. I was getting anxious that I'm not going to say your last name, right? Which sounds silly, but. Oh, no, it's hard to say. LaCourier? Yeah, LaCourier. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Caroline LaCourier owns and teaches at Nashville Acting Studio, as well as being the single mom of her son, Denton, who is 11. Nashville Acting Studio began in 2008 after Caroline was asked by her Beaumont University students to continue her acting for camera class. It's grown over the years. It offers foundational, intermediate, and advanced classes and kids and teens classes. It's a female-owned local business with an all-female staff, and she currently teaches all the advanced classes and still teaches occasionally at Belmont. Ta-da! Uh, but the whole reason I know Caroline is because I have been taking classes with her for the last three and a half years, yes. which has been delightful. And then she's our became our biggest podcast fan, which was also your biggest fan. So funny because our relationship to me has always been you're the mentor, teacher, and I'm the student. So it was funny to have something that someone who I kind of place up at a level above myself liked something that I was doing so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if this but, has ever happened with any of my students. Like yes. were there were bare- <laughs> Boundaries. Yeah. That I'm boundaries, like, Caroline. Yeah. Boundaries. I think I, yeah, I think with my students, I generally have really good ones, but I haven't been like, I don't know, maybe, well, I mean, obviously my students are generally working in TV and film commercials. And so of course, when I see the stuff they're in, I'm very excited about that, but it's not the same thing as something that you can be a fan of. And I also was just listening to another podcast that was talking about how what? healthy <laughs> how healthy it is to be a fan of things Hmm. talking about how 
everybody knows this like already that are sports fans, like how much you get out of being a fan of a, of a team, Mm -hmm. but we don't really realize it in other thing in other realms of life, like having a podcast that you're obsessed with. So I think it's all just very healthy and I'm happy about it. And I'm so happy that y'all are doing this. Like, I think it's such a great podcast. I think the whole purpose of it is so lovely. And see, I know having an 11 year old, I'm not necessarily the most obvious guest because y'all are really talking about little ones. I think we're I kind mean, of I past got a that. Year old. Yeah. Her kids. Yeah, but you don't really ever talk about her. I mean, I very complain cool. about her all the time. <laughs> That's well thought as I listened, I wanted more about Ava because Denton and Ava are the same age. Right. There are such particular struggles. Well, that's but- why you're here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. a really cute boy. Um, named Denton in high school. Nothing ever happened. He was like from a different school. Anyway, there's like a cute story about a Denton. I love that name. That's the point. It's my mom's maiden name. Cute. I love that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So tell how, us more about how great we are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Keep telling us how great That's we are. That's what this is. Um, <laughs> the whole podcast. Yeah. How old was he when you guys got divorced? He was three, three. He was, yeah. I, I own, and I'm bad with detail stuff like that, but I remember we tried to sort of keep it all from him. We, when you file for divorce in Tennessee and you're still living in the same house, when you file, you have to stay in the same house. So we were going through the divorce, all living in this 1200 square foot home. It was really brutal. And we were trying, we never really told Denton because he was three. Like we didn't say the word divorce ever to him. I'm not sure if I said that word to him until just a couple of years ago. So the, the thing that I told him was that we were going to be living in a different house and that he would have two houses and sort of tried to sell it. I this is probably terrible, but I tried to sell it as it's going to be so great. You get to have two houses yeah. and you still have your mom and your dad, but we're just going to be living in. And so we're walking down the hall of his preschool, like the day and the next day after I've had this conversation with him. And he's telling every single person that he walks by, like, I get to have two houses. And I was just behind him weeping, like, oh, my God, it was awful. So I'll always remember because he was in the CB's threes class. But he did. You did spin it as a positive. And I feel like at that age, uh, again, like what what's I don't know. Why is that? Why would that be bad? He can't he can't process it at three as something, you know, logical. So. Why not spin it as something positive? Yeah, it just felt sort of tragic walking behind him. It is. Oh, oh it's all yeah, tragic. That's really yeah. hard. It's all really. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, he was three, probably four by the time we actually moved out. And did you, did you guys want to have a kid? Were you hoping that a kid would help some things? Like, what was the process of wanting to have a baby? And then within those first three years, it being over. I am. Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, how long were y'all married before you got pregnant? Like a month. <laughs> okay. Yep. Good times. Um, joy. <laughs> <Just cackling>. um, <laughs> yeah. I knew I didn't want to have a, any children at all when I was in my twenties, I was like really opposed to it, thought it sounded terrible. And then I don't know, it was like right around my 29th birthday. It was like, and then all I wanted was kid. I'd walk around 
stores and see babies and be like, oh my gosh, I guess this happens biologically so that the species stays around. So yeah, I knew I wanted a child. I I thought before I came on here, I'm like, I need to be careful about what I say because my ex-husband obviously lives in this town and I don't know if he has friends that listen to this podcast or whatever, but I want to be careful about how I, but there was always a lot of unhappiness in the relationship, even when we were dating and looking back on it, my mom was really sick and I don't know. It just feels like I just didn't have my eyes on. I just wasn't, I was making really big decisions, sort of like, I don't even know what I was thinking. My mom was like my favorite person in the world. And she had what we later found out was frontal temporal dementia. So it was just an awful, Mm -hmm. awful, like five years. And in that five years, I got married. I had a baby. Like, it's so I mean, I went and consulted with a divorce attorney when Denton was like three months old, just because it was always bad. Yeah. It was always bad. I mean, we would have good moments and my ex-husband has a good heart anyway. And something cropped up um, that allowed me to go, oh, okay, I I have to get divorced. It was something outside of like what was inside the relationship, which I think was a blessing. Like a yeah, real- I feel like a lot of times that's what it takes because you can, like you said, it'll be hard, but then you have those good moments and then you go, am I supposed to focus on the fact that we're having good moments or do I focus on the fact that they're like, you know, just also just knowing what's normal, like what, right. never done it before, been in a marriage before you're like, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of how this works for everybody. And nice. I don't know what's. <clears throat> Well, and people say, oh, it's hard. I was about to say, there's so much discussion about how difficult it is and how you sometimes hate your partner. And then you love, it's all, there's so much of that talk that the extent to which that is meant is muddled. I don't, I I, I wonder about that too. Like, what is that? Well, what do you mean? Like, that's right. I, I, um, had a therapist that we had started to go see a couple's therapist and he would see us individually. And at one point, you know, I, I said to him, well, I know marriage is supposed to be hard. And he was like, Caroline, not this hard. Not this hard. Yeah. Like you're, this is not, not what it's supposed to be. And, but you know, the main thing is I could, I think maybe some of your listeners that have been through a divorce with children will know what I'm talking about, but it, the thing from when I went to see the divorce attorney, when Denton was three months old to when I actually filed for divorce, when he was three was I couldn't pull the trigger on breaking up his family. Yeah. Like I was like, is it worse mm-hmm. to stay in this where he's seeing so much anger and so much, you know, just upset or is it worse? It could be worse for him to have divorced parents. You know, it's right. such two, it's two really terrible options. And so, so much pressure. Yeah. And like then you're making was, the right choice. Yeah. My mom was so sick. I couldn't talk to her about it. I think from the very beginning, she would have been like, Nope, you're not doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like day one. And so, yeah, I, I think, like I said, thankfully something happened outside of that. I, that I was like, Oh, I can blame it on. Yeah. We'll just use that as the catalyst. Yep. And yep. 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 When so, you, yeah. when you met your ex, was your mom healthy then? No, no she had already started she had, she had been diagnosed with cognitive degeneration. It's basically like what they say when they don't know which of the terrible things, mm-hmm. is it Alzheimer's? Is it whatever? Mm-hmm. 
And man, going through that, you, I really realized it's not just with the cognitive stuff. It's any major thing that you have to brush up with the medical community with, and they, you realize how much they don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to be, I mean, it's, you know, I think I'll you do. do. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get, we get strep. We go to the doctor that we test positive. We get the antibiotic and we feel like they know all the things and they don't. And there are these diseases. I mean, cancer is one of them where you just go, wait, what do you mean? This is the treatment. Mm-hmm. And so she had been diagnosed with that and was on medicine, but was already the thing about frontal temporal lobe dementia is it's a very swift decline. Mm-hmm. And so with Alzheimer's, they can stay alive for 30 years, which I think is more tragic, but mm-hmm. So she was getting, I mean, I remember, well, I just remember things from when I was getting, planning the wedding where I was like, mom, like what? And and there's this other thing that you do as a family. And I've watched other families do this, where it feels shameful in some way Mm -hmm. that your parents saying things that don't make you feel embarrassed, you feel embarrassed and you want to cover for them, which is just, and then you feel shitty for feeling embarrassed by something that's not even in their control. All of it. And so I think we waited for a long time. I think people do before they even get a diagnosis because everybody wants to kind of brush it under the rug. I think like the Bruce Willis stuff, which just breaks my heart because, oh my God, I love that man. And, you know, when they released kind of the statement that he was retiring and that he was leaving the public eye because of, I think he had, they're calling it aphasia right now, but I'm sure it's one of the big uglies. It'll turn into that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you hear that, you just go, I bet they've been dealing with this for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was all happening like while, and she ended up actually, she passed away and then a month later I filed for divorce And so it was a really wild season of my life. Yeah. That's a lot. That I was also dragging a, you know, an an infant into a toddler all through with me. Yeah. I mean, that's like not even (laughs) all of that without even, oh, and I have a baby. I had a baby. You know, he was a, he was, oh yeah. yeah. Was he a pretty easy baby or was he hard? This is the other thing, sort of like marriage is hard. I don't know. He's always been very, very sweet, but he's also always been very, I don't know what the right word is. Like he's very clear on what he thinks and what he wants. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we always, I'm like, when do the meltdowns stop? Right. Like, when do they stop when they don't get what they want? At what age do they not totally freak out? Because we're not there yet and he's 11. And it's only when he doesn't get what he wants. If you trace it back down through, and it's like, I get that when you're four. Right. Or when you're five, maybe seven, but anyway. And so there's that. But, you know, really what I think, and this is sometimes what I wanted to tell your guests when they're on and they're really going through it with little ones or Sarah, sometimes with you too, with the stuff that you, you go through, I've, I look back and I realize, oh my gosh, it's all, y'all know this, but it's hard to truly know it, but it's all passing. Mm-hmm. There is no phase that is Stand anything still. Yeah. in a phase. Mm-hmm. 
And I look back and I, I, I have regret because sometimes I think I didn't realize that. And I wasn't as generous of a parent as I should have been. Mm-hmm. And I didn't handle everything. Understanding that this child was just a baby. You know, I look back at, I, I took him to Ireland when he was in kindergarten. So he was five, a student of mine was in a TV show and he flew us over there. And uh, I remember getting so mad at him because he was jumping in puddles <laughs> on a hike. Now I was getting mad because we didn't have another pair of shoes. Right. You're going to get yeah. your soak. Your socks are going to get soaked. You're going to start complaining about wet feet. We have no backup. <laughs> there's no backup plan. Right. Yeah. And then there's this part of me that I have a lot of, uh, I feel bad about, which is I get the most mad when he doesn't do what I say, when I ask him to do something, it makes me feel disrespected. And that triggers like a lot of anger. We can talk mm-hmm. about that. We don't even, well, whatever later, we don't have to talk about it at all, but <laughs> so it also is tied in with that. You're getting your, we don't have anything to put you in and you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so I'm, you know, uh, furious. And then we get to the, like the little store at the end of the hike And there's this lovely Irish woman. And I was like, well, he was jumping in all the, and she's like, of course he was. It's puddles. What else would he, what else was he, what else should he have done? It's like his favorite part of the hike, probably. Because he's five. You know what I mean? And there was just no generosity of spirit there in me in that moment. And he wasn't, it wasn't him being disrespectful. You know, when you look back at pictures and you see how little they were and you go, oh my God, how could I have ever really mad at this tiny little human. Right. Yeah. It's just so hard when you're in it. And even now I feel like I'm better at it with Penny because I've had the eight years in between to go, you know, am I going to let this upset me or am I just going to decide to roll with it? But I still, what I try to do now is I almost try to plan it ahead of time. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, Joy, Let's give yourself a little pep talk before we go do this thing. Here are some of the things that she might want to do. So mm-hmm. not thinking ahead just logically of stuff to pack, but planning to allow myself to just let go or to just not care yeah. for a certain period of time. But then that well, can get tricky yeah. because if I'm with Jeremy, he might not be in that space. Like there's still when you're with the other parents trying to both get on the same page about what we're going to let the kids go do. Yeah, that's really hard. But you're also trying to protect your future self mm-hmm. and your child's future self by going, okay, this might happen. I wish I had done more of that. And I, I'd be such a good mom for a second child. I just, that was obviously not going to happen in the marriage. And then, you know, I, I, I'm fine with just having one, but I thought that like, oh, poor little Denton is like, he's had to learn how to be a child with a parent learning how to be a parent, which there's get the parent after they've learned how to parent. Yep. I'm sure there's that, that all oldest siblings have some thread of that in common of going, Oh, we are the ones who pushed all those buttons in our parents that they didn't even know were in there until we pushed them. (laughs) I will like, and to that point, and also to speak about my parents a little, but my dad was a first time parent. My mom had had three kids before and it felt like, I think my siblings just were kind of better at life than me, like naturally or something, first of all. And also maybe she was more present or didn't have so much going on. But the point is it felt like she thought, I mean, she's going to be fine. 
like right. your mom was yeah. thinking she's gonna she's be like fine. three times right yeah you know, with your with you your youngest happens, for sure yeah so it's kind of like that's you know, true so I, I guess there is, there is the other end of the spectrum where you've got a young a youngest that you're just like whatever yeah <laughs> you're not getting mad but you're also not doing anything else right yeah right yeah <laughs> like the other three are kind of you know involved in parenting really uh-huh. yeah. that kind of thing so yeah and oh, I mean yeah. with when I Denton's an only and so man does he have so much attention focused on him. I mean, I'm a pretty uh, laid back parent for the most part. Like I, I'm not, I've been sort of the opposite of what the helicopter parent thing is like, that's not my MO, but, but he does have, you know what I mean? Like my attention, mm-hmm. he doesn't really get away with anything, but like, right. I think maybe he might, if he had a similar Yeah. If you were being pulled in more directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mom Colt, have you washed your car yet in 2023? Better yet, have you vacuumed the back seat of your car in 2023? I don't know if you visited Camel Express before, but they have crazy high-powered vacuums that are stronger than any vacuum I've used in my life, and they're free. For a limited time, you can get a best wash that's a $25 value free. You just text MOMCULT to 30400 and you get a free $25 car wash texted to your phone. That's MOMCULT, one word, to 30400. Visit camelexpress.com to find your camel, the one nearest to you. Get over there and wash off the ground with 2022 today. What do you feel like, if you could name something, is the hardest thing about this time period specifically, like this preteen, tween area? Is it Tiger Beat? That Tiger Beat phase. <laughs> tiger Beat time. Um, for me, it's feeling like it's like the last vestige of him being a kid mm, yeah. <clears throat> before he turns into the, I hope he doesn't ever turn surly and, you know, teenage angsty. Cause I know there are some kids that, that sail through that a little easier than others. Um, and I'm, I'm, so I, I'm not, you know, I'm not for sure that it'll be a huge change, but I can kind of feel it coming that even if there's not a big change in, in his behavior, getting icky or whatever, he's still, is going to lose some of the kid stuff that he still has. Mm-hmm. Like those meltdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of those, but lose all of the beautiful. Oh, that's what sucks. I'm like, I'm so ready to be done with this, but also it means it's your little kidness will be gone forever. Yeah. And you've got Penny, but once Denton is in that phase, I'll be done with being around a child like that. And so. I feel a lot of, I, I feel like I'm already grieving a little bit yeah. the passing of him, of his childhood. Mm. I would imagine like you saying the sweetness that he has, that he's always had. I, I don't think that he'll lose that through yeah. any age, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's getting a little eye rolly with me, which oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, don't you do not. <laughs> roll your eyes at me you do it behind my back do you hear me I was, duh, <laughs> let like, me see it duh so <laughs> no so we're getting we're already getting into a little bit of that which is fine and I you know I had I, my relationship with my mother really started thriving I had a bad year with her when I was 12 like hated her and then 
for the rest of time, she was like my best friend, dearest person in my life. And so I have, there are things to look forward to about having teenage Denton, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's still like, he's my travel buddy, but sometimes he still sucks as a travel buddy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when I want to drink the wine, well, he's into that. He, I mean, not drinking wine, but like he's into the, <laughs> the gourmet food of it all. Like, right. right. But the fancy. Not- yeah. Yeah. He's not the best conversationalist all the time at the tables. <laughs> right. You know? right. And so I'm like, well, the, I'll, I'll gain that as he gets older. Yeah. But. I'll have this, like, I'm going to have a, a, just a mommy daughter date with Ava and we're going to go do, we're going to take her like this fun, fancy coffee shop. And then we're going to go do this thing. And I'll have this image in my mind of exactly how it all should, should go. Yeah. And, um, inevitably within 10 minutes, she pisses me off. She does something that makes me be like, (laughs) yeah. And then I'm like, I, what do I need to work on to not let this get to me so easily, Mm. so easily? Like I have no bandwidth for it. That's the thing. It's weird how your kids, there's usually like, I I don't, I've, I've, I've kind of talked about what it is for me, like feeling disrespected. Mm-hmm. And all, I, all of a sudden it's as though this has been building for 500 years is my anger level. Mm-hmm. And it's so bananas to me because I, I didn't grow up witnessing a lot of anger. I've never been a person that's gotten very angry, but yeah. with my, my child, like the last person, the last human being you want to be treating like that. And he, it's like, I, d- I did a Dr. Becky. Do you know who that is? Yeah. We like yeah. her. Yeah, I did one of her workshops on anger. You know, Joy, you know the hot cocoa exercise that I mm-hmm. tell the classes about? That came for me. Oh, that was the Dr. Becky exercise? That's yes, hilarious. because to try to calm myself down as a parent in these moments. Right. Can you tell, is that, is it too um, oh, no, it's very elaborate short. to tell it? Yeah, yeah. Will you tell us but, what the hot cocoa exercise is? Oh yeah. Well, cause it's great. Yeah. I'll definitely tell you. So you imagine, so you close your eyes, you put your arms, kind of give yourself a hug. Okay, we're doing it mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Self, mm-hmm. self-soothing. Okay. And you um, imagine there's a cup of hot cocoa in front of you and you want to breathe it in so that you can feel it all the way down in your stomach like the mm. taste of it. Yeah. And then you through your nose and then you want to blow out through your mouth so that you don't move a single marshmallow on the top of it. Mm. And so you do that three times that the cocoa thing. And it really does a regulation of, I'm sure, sure there's something medical that's happening for your brain with the breathing, but it really calms you down. But I, I know this exercise. I've told all of my students about this exercise <laughs> to help with their nerves. Right. Yeah. Yet in, have I ever done that in any actual moment when Denton is pissing me off? No, no, I have not. Maybe one right after I learned it. I've, I've heard anger, like the mm, anger comes from an unmet need or anger starts with something else like fear or whatever. I'm sure everybody's heard that, but I find that because I have a similar thing that I really, really have to manage and I'll stop in the middle and step away and breathe and tell him why I'm breathing because not to be like, well, I do do that. But, um, (laughs) but, but because it's like, I scare myself really. And it's usually it's that I'm scared that something that he has learned from me is rubbing off on him and he's going to carry that through life. Like that's kind of what I've gathered. So I don't know if that has any truth for you in terms of disrespect or you're scared. He's going to be, be disrespectful, like as a human or whatever, not diagnosing. I'm just saying, you know, anyway, that's what it is for me a lot of the time. 
And there's also this component where I'm supposed to be the parent that is emotionally regulated, mm-hmm. right? Like, because I need to make sure he gets a version of that. Mm-hmm. And so when I lose my shit, like, this is my biggest shame as a parent, this anger stuff. And it's yeah, not frequent. I don't mean to make it sound like no, no. all the time, but you know, it's just something that I have not been able to shake and he is 11. Yeah. And so I, you know, I talk to him about it, of course, we'll say like, I'm so sorry. Like, you, of course we sort of always come together because he is usually behaving awfully. I mean, I'm not getting angry. Right. For no yeah. reason. Um, <laughs> he's being an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, he'll come and be like, I'm sorry, mom, I shouldn't have. And I'm like, no, you know what? You're yes, you're right. And you should apologize. But I have got to apologize to you because there is a version of this Denton that you're not getting. And I'm so sorry, which is me being able to deal with what you're doing in a way that's healthier. And I'm, you know, I feel really bad about that for you, kiddo. And of course he's like, no, no, mom, it's okay. This is heartbreaking. No, no, mom. It's okay. Like anybody would get that mad. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not true. Yeah. Because there are parents out there that that don't. And I've told him, I'm like, well, I want to be that parent for you. And I'm just still working on it, but I'm not working on it really in any way that's showing up. Well, I, I think owning it or just knowing that it's happening is a is a big thing. And also for what it's worth, um, our couples therapist, my therapist, and says it about kids, repair is the most important piece. If you're doing what you guys are doing at the end, then the trauma is lessened or removed, like circling back and saying that. So you don't have to worry about it anymore is what she's saying. You're good. Honestly, just like let that anger fly, you know, (laughs) no, you don't have to manage it. (laughs) Don't worry. It's sometimes the trauma is sometimes gone. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, right then is what you're saying. Um, and someone else said, uh, I think an MD actually said, oh. Oh, said, if you get it right 30% of the time, then that is all that you need to get right. 30%. Then, so if you're doing, yeah, if you're doing all right, 30% of the time. Um, and that was uh, a doctor. I don't, I won't say her name, I guess, but I don't know if she would care. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't attach a name. It was based on a study that she read. I mean, it's like, I'm sure it's, you could find it, but parenting 30% of the time, if you're like getting it right, then the rest oh, of the I'm time, great. yeah, yeah. yeah. within okay. reason, like, and you know, there's extenuating things, but you know, also if my therapist said to me, <clears throat> all a child needs is one good parent. And I'm, I'm listen, Denton's dad, I've heard that too. He's a great parent to Denton in being very much a part of his life. Like anyway, great, great parent, but um, yeah, only one good parent. So that means 50%, right? So mm-hmm. maybe there's something to. Yeah. You know, and if you do the math, it's like 50 and 30. So if you're 30. Thir- <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my pen and paper out. All right. Yeah. Can you say carry the two? Uh-huh. I'll be thinking while I feel my anger rising. I'll go, I just wish somebody were here watching this all play out to tell me if I'm crazy or not for how frustrated I'm getting. Because I feel like if someone could see the pushing push, because I feel like I will give her every opportunity to chill out or to change her mind or to do whatever, like to read the room and she will just soar past it. Yeah. I think I thought that this was pretty normal, right? Like not, I, I didn't, it causes me shame, but like 
this, this happens because children are so awful sometimes. Right. And then I was around a guy who was explaining that he's like, never gets angry. He doesn't, that was not something that he grew up with at all. And I got the sense that his partner also was the same way. And I was like, what, never? And so when I found that, that made me feel really like, I mean, great for his kids, but that also can't be totally healthy, right? Well, I thought the same thing. (laughs) I was like, that's not right. Anger's a healthy (laughs) They're not doing it right either. They also say that, yeah. Yeah, I feel like anger for me has been healthy anger is it's usually mostly in a creative cycle, but I go through the being depressed, which is very stagnant. And you're just sitting in something and anger is usually what ends up pushing me out of it. Cause I'll finally go, this is pissing me off that I'm still doing this and this, and I need to do this. And I'm finally getting angry about it. And I know when I start getting worked up, that change is about to happen. That needs to happen. That's the kind of anger that I think of as like righteous. Yeah. And like that's the kind of anger that fuels change mm-hmm. in you, but that's also the kind of anger that fuels change in the world. Right. right? Like when I, and so that's the good stuff. I know anger is an emotion that, I mean, I'm teach acting. So all the emotions, everybody has to have, can't be blocked with any of them, right? Or you can't tell stories on the deepest level in terms of what the human condition is. And that's not just for actors. It also helps them as humans to be better in everything, relationship to the world, to their people. But I think this thing that we're talking about kind of makes me realize that there are, there is a version of the emotions where I think it's when they get dysregulated or unregulated, Mm -hmm. maybe each emotion could be that way. And I think if I could only have that kind of anger that you're talking about, I'd be good. But this other thing feels like, well, that's got to get addressed at some point, or maybe it won't because he's already 11. I mean, you know, maybe that ship has sailed. Well, I don't know you well, but if you're thinking about it like this, then it seems like you're probably going to check it out further based on what I'm hearing from you now. So, I mean, you know, maybe, but maybe it so. sounds like you're doing great. The repair thing is, is great. Thanks. I yeah. want it to just be reflex that I don't care about the things I don't need to care about that instead mm-hmm. of having me to like talk myself down to just already know, <laughs> do you really, yeah, like is this really matter? Are you, is this yeah. you getting this angry about this? Can you just, can you just not get this angry about this? That would be great. Yeah. Because they're kids. That's the thing. Like their brains aren't developed, right? Like, of course they're upset about this. And I'm wondering too, I was going to ask you, I was like, is there any way your sister can be here when I'm there? Because then she'd be able to tell me all of the things that I could be doing better in real time. Right. Right. Now you'll have to wait. She's so good. The after the Yeah, I'll have to wait till February to get my shit. Maybe (laughs) mid-March-ish. Yeah. Hold out till St. Patty's and we got you. (laughs) Late, late February. Yeah. Um, She stresses me out all the time with her social media stuff or like all the media trauma. trauma. That's why I told her, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to read it. (laughs) 
oh, I'm not reading that book. I don't want to do it. Sales. That iPad has brought my child up and I feel really bad about it. But I also like, how do you parent without it as a single parent? I mean, every time she starts talking about that and how the kids feel recently when she was talking about that she'd gone to the school, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that, not that it doesn't apply to us, but the parents, when all that technology first came out, where there was like no real understanding enough to even have regulation on what's happening and how quickly that can get away from you. And parents just not talking to their kids about things they're seeing, how they're feeling about what they're seeing, even if it's Instagram or whatever. And I'm just hoping, I mean, I'm, I just, I'm trying not to think about it because she doesn't have a phone yet, but the anxiety of the future of how to handle all of that definitely weighs on me. And then I just have to be like, you know what? We'll cross, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Is she on her, does she, has a, she has an iPad. She has an iPad, but I don't get too concerned about her because she can't do much for too long without being like, I'm going to go do something else or I want to go outside. And if she is on her iPad for an extended period of time, she's either making a movie or doing art or something creative. I mean, she makes movies and edits them all the time, all the time. We got her big gift was Apple pen for Christmas. So she can really do more art stuff with it. Congratulations. Also, iPad all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like now talking to his friends, they're FaceTiming while they play, which feels good and social. And I like that part. I mean, and I say that he, he watches like all the geography that, I mean, the child can name what doesn't matter, but he, he does watch educational stuff Mm -hmm. part of the time, but he's not making movies. Well, that just seems to be her thing. That's amazing. So I, for me personally with her, I've never been too stressed out about it. It's more about getting ready for the next phase of what that's going to look like with a phone. Cause she's definitely going to want to have, that's how she's going to want to connect with her friends. She's going to be taking selfies, like just that whole world that is about that will open up at some point is what I'm more anxious about. Have y'all thought about what age you're going to do? We haven't talked about it yet because it's still far away. Yeah. And then even if she does get her first phone, it's like you can text and call, but it's, I don't want her to have anything. Like not a smartphone. No. Does Denton, what do you think about that? He, he on his iPad can FaceTime. and FaceTime. Um, it's all through my Apple ID. So I see everything that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part of me that would, would like to be able to reach him when he's not with me. Mm-hmm. And so that might come a little sooner, but it, I honestly think I might not want him. If we, if it wasn't a two parent situation mm-hmm. with the divorce, I might not want him to have a cell phone until college, mm-hmm. yeah. which I'm sure would get blowback about. I probably wouldn't be able to maintain. Oh, you that. would feel so disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I just feel like the, you know, I, I, I'm from a generation that didn't have that growing up. And yeah. so it kills me when I go out to dinner mm-hmm. and I look around and people are sitting at their tables, kids and adults like on their phones. Yeah. It just really makes me feel bad for everybody. The world. Yeah. The whole world. Yeah. And so I don't want, I want him to be able to be a good conversationalist. And my thing lately with Denton is 
table manners and conversation. Dinners, like food is incredibly important to me. And, you know, when I've made a meal and we sit down, he's not great with table manners still. Like, I'm like, use your fork. You do what, and and sometimes he'll just be silent for long stretches of time, which is okay. I'm not like we must be talking all the time, but having good conversation over dinners has been a really important part of my whole life. Mm-hmm. My family, my mom and dad always did big Friday and Saturday night dinners. There's lots of cooking, and we'd sit down and talk and talk and talk at the table for hours now. And of course, I was older, you know, but yeah, so that is one of the things that I'm like, I want him anywhere he is in the world, in his life to be able to sit down with any grouping of people at any meal and be charming and present, generous of spirit present. You know, I'm always, I'm always saying to people like, I'm not, I, I can do small talk, but I'm like more DEFCON five all the time in conversations. Like I want to, I feel better when I'm talking about real things that matter to people. Yeah. The small talk is, the small talk is draining. Yeah. 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 And so, and I want Denton, I want him to be able to do all of it and, and the, and the cell phones and the iPads, I think just suck the life out of that stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think even being at the table and allowing that space for, even if it's just going to be silence, it's Mm -hmm. still, you're still creating the space where even if it's silent, he's having to sit there and listen to his own thoughts or like, what am I thinking about now? What like, whereas a device kind of keeps you from really having to think about much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if doing a great job, yeah, he's picking up, (laughs) he's picking up what you're showing him. So like he'll carry that with him when he's around whoever, who wants to take him to dinner, like be at dinner with him. And, you know, those things, I mean, I'm just thinking personally about those experiences myself. That was really important to my parents and they carry, you know, you carry those things with you. If you're not letting him have an iPad at dinner, then you're making a big step that a lot of people aren't. It's all the rest of the time that I let him have it. We've got like 30 minutes out for dinner, but I also want to know when he's going to get to the age where the first thing he says when he sees his plate is not like, why is this? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm not there yet either. I still have to tell her to eat over her plate. Like scoot your chair up to the table and eat over your plate. Don't bring the spoon all the way over these nice chairs that we just got that you're going to stain. Like, why are we still having this conversation? You are 10. I look over at him sometimes when yet another piece of food has fucking (laughs) fallen in his lap or on the floor. And I just give him the look like you got to be kidding me. Like how many times we have to say like move. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's a real thing. That's like when, and he's always like, my friends use their fingers to eat their food. And I'm like, well, I don't, Oh my God, I don't care. Oh man. I do. I do think sometimes we do have to be careful of our our expectations. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? That's what what causes the anger we were talking about is my expectation of where he should be Mm -hmm. is not where he is. Like Mm -hmm. that's always what it is. Yeah. This was like a good time to ask, what do you do to de-stress? Like what, what do you, what do you do for yourself? Do you do some stuff? 
My favorite guest on your podcast was is Jesse Santoyo. Um, and I just what a storyteller, man. Like, yeah. oh, if y'all I mean, all of your other guests are great too, but like Joy <laughs> was he entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. He just rack on tour. But maybe you asked him the same question, or I don't know, but at some point he said, and this is totally true, this is like the big secret of divorce is every other weekend <laughs> i have i'm an introvert and so i have time to myself I, there's you know there's part of me that's like sad i want my kid around me all the time but not really mm-hmm. i really don't want my child around right. me all you the need time. you need the space yeah mm-hmm. to have yeah. it built in is really like consistently built in it's nice it's required and so that is what happens is that every other thursday and then and i teach on sunday so it's really just i have like what i think of as like 4 days a month where i can sit in my bed and watch you know whatever all day long mm-hmm. or read all day long and i probably should come up with things that help me de-stress in moments that are not those days but i think having those days is enough yeah. to kind of fill me back up and denton's really easy for me to be around i don't know if this is just true for all parents with their children it actually sounds like stuff sometimes that your sister says that maybe this wasn't true for her so maybe this isn't true for 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 everybody but denton is very easy like he we're just, we're, he and I are highly compatible in terms of, you know, and so it's not like I need a break really, but having one is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think divorced people, single parents don't like to talk about that because I was really happy when Jesse said the thing that he said, cause I was like, yeah, that's like, cause you're supposed to want to be around your children all the time. Sure. 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 Right. That's, that's the myth I mean, that I think we all were. That we all were fed that we're realizing I, is not true. Yeah. It's not true. I mean, they, they listen, they were onto something in the eighties, like the parenting, like go out, run around the neighborhood until you hear me calling you for dinner. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like there, I think, I don't know. And so I think we, a lot of the, the gen Xers and then like older millennials had kind of say like what you're saying too much freedom not enough supervision. And so we course corrected in this giant way to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do all of the things like my child will, you know, and that also is bananas. Well, Mm -hmm. also health and safety both became huge things. Yeah. 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 Denton is 11 and I live in a neighborhood that has sidewalks. It's townhomes. Right. And so he has a friend that lives like two blocks, but it's all in a neighborhood. And I had said to him, I think I'm going to let you walk down to Atticus's house. But the first time I walked down there with him and I said to the dad, I was like, I think he's old enough. Like I'm going to let him walk back by himself, which are you kidding? Like at six years old, I had free, I could go wherever I wanted to in the neighborhood. And I think the dad thought that I, it was so questionable that I was such a questionable human. He walked Denton back to the house. Oh, and I was like, at first I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I was like, oh, like, wait a minute. I think I hate you. I'm like, I think you're <laughs> <laughs> passive aggressive. Yeah. And I was like, 
but it's that it's the it's that that kind of mentality that you go oh that's what we're all doing now we're just yeah. sheltering and sheltering we're all just not letting our kids do much unsupervised yeah yeah which i think being independent is really really important for them and what that looks like at each different age of course it is it, it changes right but i think the version of parenting that we seem to be attached to right now does not allow for much independence. No, unless it's on a device, which is the problem. Right. That's where they're getting all the independence in unhealthy ways and not getting enough supervision in that department and too much supervision outside of it, which is pushing them more and more to go. I'm just going to go back to my iPad then. If this is what this is going to be like. Yes, and I I think like two things come from that, right? You, you, we've created a a very anxious generation of children Mm -hmm. because of how present we are and how worried we are and all of the things of the kind of over parenting that is the norm now. But then also we're parenting like the '80s when it comes to devices. And so they're going to, I really believe they're going to turn into adults that look back. Like sometimes, I would, you know, you look at your parent, you're like, how in the world did you let me do this thing? Their things are all going to be device related. I know I'm going to hear from Denton at some point when he's in his 20s, 30s and being like, mom, what the fuck <laughs> were you thinking? <sighs> mom Colt, who among us doesn't find themselves in need of a homemade carb daily? constantly. Well, when you need that wholesome, homemade dinner everyone can be happy with, look no further than Mr. Aaron's Goods. They are locally owned, family operated in Nashville, Tennessee, right here in our backyards. And for a limited time, you can use code MOMCOLT at checkout on MrAaronsGoods.com. That's Mr. I mean, sorry, MR, not the full word Mr. And you can get $20 off, $20 off your order of MrAaronsGoods.com. When you use code MOMCOLT, that's one word. Use that at checkout. You can pick up your order at TKO in East Nashville, Monday through Friday. Or if you live in East Nashville, they will deliver it right to your door on a Saturday. So you can choose that. That's Mr. Aaron's Goods. Real good goods. Um, do y'all want to talk about succession? Does that sound good? Sure. You you mentioned that you like do you love Succession? I mean, you've watched through season one. I didn't mm-hmm. look up what, but I do remember. I mean, my favorite season so far has been season one, um, and I think I can do probably a what else? Hey, I that's going to be raising the bar for your pop culture corner. That's, that's rude. A, that's, a, <laughs> that's a serious show, though. You know what I mean? I feel disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's that's true. Okay, Succession. I'm doing one minute. Succession. Okay. Hmm. Is there's a billionaire. I forget literally everybody's name in the whole show. I haven't seen it in, you know, like a year, but, um, so what's it called? Next star. What's the name star Waystar. Um, uh, a dad owns a company. He has three kids and they are all vying to take over the company. And one of them is like the shoe in the oldest son, but he has, you know, just Shoes. emotional problems. Yeah. And then they're all super cutthroat, but also kind of like little bitches because they've been coddled their whole lives. And and you get to see so much of the, the stuff that I love about real housewives, which is like the, the ridiculous, but it's like elitism beyond all fathomability. And then also the relationship dynamics between multiple siblings, which I, you know, not relate to specifically their stuff, but 
just how everybody sort of deals with the same stuff, even though it's crazy, but it's the same emotion. So that's Bam. the gist. That was pretty good. Oh, thanks. You did. I think you did a really nice job. Thank you. It helps when I close my eyes. Some I get nervous when I'm looking at people. <laughs> <laughs> that's normal. Yeah. That's normal. Right? normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, the, the show. Oh God. The acting is at such a high level on that show. The whole first season I was like, which, which Culkin is it? Kieran? Rome, Rome. Is it Kieran? A Roman? No, no. Sorry. That's his name. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Kieran. Yes, You're right. Kieran. Kieran. The first season I was like, is he making up these lines? This cannot be scripted with the way, with his delivery, but it is. And he's, oh my gosh. But each, I mean, for the so first season I was obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. He's so good. And then I became obsessed with the older brother, Kendall. The season where mm-hmm. he does he sing, he does the rap at the party. Which party was it? I don't remember. I, it, it His was, birthday. Yes, it was awful and wonderful. I mean, he just, it was, I mean, that sh- this, this show. But I also love the actor who plays Tom. Oh, yes, yeah. he's incredible. The stuff with yeah. him and Greg is so batshit. Yes. Anyway. I love that. Yeah, it's it's the writing um, and the acting for me on that show that I'm just like, but it also because Succession is supposed to be sort of a, a look into the Murdoch family. I just mm-hmm. think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that part of it, the business part, and I love um, the way they talk. I'm like, what words are they using? Yeah, you mean like you know about the business mean? stuff, like the buzzwords? The business, like, there's just stuff that I just think is I'm sh- maybe how very, very wealthy people that are like that talk, but it's yeah. not ways that we talk. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I, because you've listened to every episode, every um, episode, and this is Thank your, you. this is your chance to dole out some words of wisdom from your perspective to any listeners out there. Like, what do you want other moms to feel left with today? Oh, at first I thought you were asking me to like critique your show. I did too. And then I thought you were asking her to compliment it. And I was like, are you doing like a blurb, like an ad? You can do those too. What's happening? Yeah. Okay. So what you actually asked was what I might want other moms to know. Yeah. Like, what do you want other moms listening to this episode to leave with based on your experience? I think maybe because I feel like I'm not really your target audience, like that your target audience are moms with younger children. And whenever I see a mom with a younger child or a pregnant woman, for that matter, I always feel very sorry for them at the same time of (laughs) recognizing like what a, (laughs) what a, what a beautiful time it is. But what I would have liked (laughs) to know myself during that time was that that time where you're waking up at 3 30 in the morning. And that's just the time they're getting up. And you feel like you're literally, your life is over and you're going to be getting up at 3 30 AM for eternity is like that. I think I said this earlier, it, it all passes. There's the, the brain aspect of it where I can logically hear that and understand it, but it's different to feel it, to be able to be in the moments and know that and, Liz, Sarah, when you were talking about your taking your son to school and the the anxiety that's created there and with whatever the juice thing is that you, you know, all of that. <laughs> you really do listen. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I just thought like that's a perfect example of one of those things that feels so important mm-hmm. 
and so awful, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the moment. And it's really difficult to be able to add that feeling of this is just a, a season and it might even be just a little micro season. Mm-hmm. And even though we, are, that happens over and over when we have small children so that we should, it should be really obvious both intellectually and emotionally, I didn't find it to be that way. And mm-hmm. I, the other thing is that I really believe that our, these children that we're, we're raising deserve real generosity of spirit from us as parents more often than we're able to truly give it. And it would be really better for everybody if we could work on that. And the whole world probably need, we probably need a little bit more of that on earth, but, but there's a feeling that comes when, and uh, Joy, I'm sure you know, when you look at photos of your child, when they were younger at any age and just think, oh my God, they were so little. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back and rework my understanding as a parent in those times to remind myself of how little they are, you know, even when they're eight years old, nine years old. Yeah. And you'll look back at pictures of Denton now and be like, he was so little. And I was giving him such a hard time about eating over his plate. (laughs) Yes, no, exactly. And, and I think we brush up against wanting to, you know, teach them, all the things that they are going to need to go forth into this world and be adults that, you know, don't suck. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's to me, the big thing as a parent is this balancing act of raising a child, that's not going to be an asshole as an adult. And, you know, like raising their soul also, like we're the caretakers of that too. It's not just like, their brain and their emotional life. It's their, it's their little souls. And so how to protect that and infuse that with as much love, as much love as we can. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sometimes hard to do. Mm -hmm. Just sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, cause it's hard. It's like the day to day, it just takes over. And we forget that like, my God, we're raising little souls here. Yeah. No pressure. Um, Thank you for the time. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad I got to see your face again. Same joy. Love you. I know I love you too. I'm going to miss you so much. Maybe one of the nights or one of the days that you have no anything. If you do decide to leave your house, we could go. We could get dinner. Get a drink. Or drink. Oh yeah. I would, I would love that. We just have to, we just have to plan it out a couple of months cool yeah 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 same love that let's do it yeah that sounds great well have a wonderful rest of your day i love you thank you for being on and sharing uh i'm I'm sarah parker massey you can follow me at at sarah parker massey no why Mm -hmm. it's also sarah with an h and you can follow joy at at tithica and caroline do you i don't let people follow me personally unless i know them but, your but you can follow is, the studio. Yes, you at, can follow. Yes. At natural acting studio. Yeah. On Instagram. On Instagram. And it's the same on Facebook. I think. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. See ya. All right. Bye y'all. <laughs> bye. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you.